Welcome to Known and Loved, where we answer the cry for every soul hungry for recognition and adoration with the heart of Jesus. Here you will be equipped to know and love Jesus so that you may live boldly and rest in confidence with the ultimate truth that you are known and loved by Him. In this episode of Known and Loved, we continue our Rest Assured series where we're focusing on the question of the age, our identity. We're examining Psalm 16, a psalm that reveals for us who we are and where we find our identity, and how we can rest ashore on a foundation that is unshakable in this world of shifting sands. We're going to park a little longer today on Psalm 16:2 and dive into Psalm 16, verse 5 as well. Here we're going to look at what really ails us. We'll get a diagnosis for our heart condition. And we're going to look at where we get the remedy from the great physician and understand how his healing transformation forever changes who and what we are. Today's translations come from the Amplified, the NASB, the NIV, and the New King James Version translations. For today's Psalms, we're going to be starting with the Amplified Bible Translation. I have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good besides you. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance, my cup. He is all I need. So when our daughter was really young, like toddler age, between like three, four, five years old, there were times when she would out of the blue just start preaching and this would always get my attention and I would often stop what I was doing and just write down her little quote-unquote sermons and so one morning I was in our little coffee room sipping my coffee having my quiet time with Jesus and she started preaching and I stopped what I was doing and I wrote down her little sermon and this is what she said You are the good God. You know who I am. You know us. You are the good God. You are always near us. You have a good heart. You are my savior. I know the good God and he knows my heart. He knows the wicked heart of humans, but I want the good God. You are the good God. I will go to trust in the Lord with all of my heart because he is the good God of love. (laughs) Now... Of course, you can see why I stopped to write that down because this was just incredible. This is coming out of my three or four-year-old and I'm just amazed at how God's spirit is working here, that he's using my toddler to preach to me about the wicked human heart and the love of the good God. And while she's doing this, she's actually holding my husband Doug's Bible which she can't actually read. But on the cover of his Bible is inscribed his favorite verse, Jeremiah 17, 9, which says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can understand it? And I actually love that Doug chose that verse for the cover of his Bible. It describes the truth of our human condition. Our hearts are so deceitful. We hear a common phrase today in pop culture, pop psychology, that says, oh, just follow your heart. But the wisdom of the good God tells us in Proverbs 28, 26, he who trusts in his own heart is a fool. 
And in Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So in truth, following our own heart will lead to sick and weak bodies that walk on disastrous paths. There was a great picture I saw on social media recently. I'm actually not somebody who has a whole lot of social media. I just think it's kind of a big time suck personally, but I am on there every once in a while to like buy something on Facebook. And the last time I was there, I saw this picture and it really captured my attention. I thought it was quite beautiful. So this picture was uh, from somebody's journal and it was just their handwriting and they had written a list of five things Jesus did not say. Jesus did not say, follow your heart. He said, follow me. Jesus did not say, as long as you're happy. He said, what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Jesus did not say, be true to yourself. Jesus said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself. Jesus did not say, believe in yourself. He said, believe in me. Jesus did not say, live your truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I would add that Jesus also said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So when you know Jesus, you know the truth, and you are set free from the selfishness and the wickedness of your own heart. So what are the two great commandments? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. The Lord never said, love yourself. And in this day and age, we are spending way too much time loving ourselves. That is all over our culture. It is all about, oh, you have to take care of yourself, you know, self-care, love yourself. And so much of that is having the absolute opposite effect of what the world and the culture is trying to sell. The human heart is full of itself. And if we blindly follow our hearts, we will only be led back to our self, which will breed more selfishness. We are suffering from a terrible heart condition. We love ourselves so much that there is no room to love God or love others, which is the real locus of quenching our soul's desire to be fed with love and affirmation. So as Gracie said in her little sermon, I know the good God and he knows my heart. He knows the wicked heart of humans. And Jesus tells us just how well he knows us, giving us the diagnosis for our heart condition. We can see this in Mark chapter 7 verses 20 to 23. Jesus says, what comes out of a man that defiles a man? For from within... Out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murder, 
thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all of these evil things come from within and defile a man. You see, we are known. Jesus knows our hearts quite well. But he is also the great physician. He diagnoses our heart problem and he prescribes the remedy. And the remedy is, remember, Jesus is the answer. He is always the answer. The remedy is him. He is the greatest hope and cure of all. He is the only one hero and healer of my heart condition. He gives his very life for me and for you so that we can be free from the slavery of those ugly things in our hearts. Once we accept the forgiveness of God poured out on the cross, his immediately, immediate transformative power takes hold. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. As you allow his transforming work to take hold, you embrace the saying of John the Baptist, he must increase, but I must decrease. And as you trust that he, Christ, who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ, as it says in Philippians. So because of Jesus, we have a new spirit that transforms our desires. It changes our motivations and gives us a new way of looking at the world, at ourselves and at others. Once Jesus takes up residence in our hearts, he begins to work on us, helping us to crucify our selfish nature. As Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And while there is truth in the old hymn, come as you are, Jesus does not say, stay as you are. When we accept Christ, we must and will let him take up residence in our hearts. And when we find we cannot go on living our old ways, we start to transform. We open up his word to see him. We hear from him. We allow his power to move us and shape us and mold us. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 You see, only God can understand the wickedness of our hearts. Only he can give us the remedy. And the remedy is him. God's word speaks to our hearts, transforming them from a desert wasteland to budding flowers and abundant harvests. True blossoming needs careful cultivation, and that means making your relationship with the Lord a priority in your life every day, spending quality time with Him and in His Word. Because it says, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I have sent it. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. We can only begin to trust our hearts and follow our hearts under one condition, and that is when we have Jesus in our hearts. 
It is under this condition that our heart no longer belongs to us and our selfishness. It now belongs to God. We belong to him and we seek to follow him and his desires. We seek to become people who reflect the likeness and the heart of the king himself, overflowing with the fruit of his spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified that sinful nature with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So think about that verse from Galatians 5. Love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Wow, what an opposite picture from the one that Jesus diagnosed for us in Mark 7. And it is a picture possible only by knowing Jesus and allowing him access to our hearts. He will keep the promise to make us new. The Lord says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. In Ezekiel 36. So how does this transformation to a heart of flesh begin to happen? I think Gracie's little sermon gives us a good clue. You are the good God. You know who I am. You know us. You are the good God. You are always near us. You have a good heart. You are my Savior. I know the good God, and he knows my heart. He knows the wicked heart of humans, but I want the good God. You are the good God, and I will go to trust in the Lord with all my heart because he is the good God of love. Think back to our psalm, Psalm 16, 1 and 2, and David cries out, Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, I have said to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good besides you. He is all I need. Here David is making a statement of truth about God's character and a proclamation of his implicit trust in the character of God. There is none more trustworthy or wiser than the Lord, for he is the good God of love. He is the remedy for our broken hearts. He is all we need. I think a look at the New King James Version gives us an even deeper understanding of this. It says, O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord, my goodness is nothing apart from you. And here again, the Lord unveils to us not only that he himself is every good thing for us, but that he is also the source of every good thing inside us. It is from him that true affirmation flows. Psalm 16.2 shows us the Lord is the source of our identity. He is the source of our blessing, and he is the reason we can rest assured in the truth that we are known and loved. Why? Because he is the good God, and he makes us good with his love. Lord Jesus, I just thank you so much for 
the time and opportunity today to be here to dive into what it means to understand you as the good God, to understand the diagnosis of our heart condition and the wickedness of the human heart and to face the reality of that, Lord, but to know that we do not have to be defeated by that reality, but instead you come and as the great physician, you heal that wickedness in our heart. You heal that sin. You heal that brokenness. And you give us a heart that is new, a heart of flesh, a heart filled with you, which means a heart filled with love. And so, Lord, I pray today for all those listening that they would remember, in spite of all of the sin and brokenness of the world in our hearts, you are here with us. You know us. You know our brokenness, and yet you love us anyway. And you fill us with the goodness to overtake and overcome, to be victorious over that sin. You have done it. You know us and you love us. And we praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Known and Loved is brought to you by Life with Grace, a ministry devoted to the truth of God's word and the tenderness of his grace. You can leave comments on today's program in the comment section. And we ask you to take a moment to subscribe and share it with someone you know and love. You can find more of our content at lifewithgrace.net. Thank you for joining us. And as you venture forth in this day, we pray that you hold fast to the truth, that your Father in heaven, the King of the universe and Savior of the world sees you. You are known and loved. <laughs>